Welcome to Gal Pals Watch. I'm Sarah. And I'm Alicia. And this is a podcast where we talk about queer movies with queer women, mostly inclusively defined. <laughs> yes, mostly. Yes. Um, I think that's very prevalent to uh, or like apt for today's film. Yes, that's why I said it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> today we're talking about the 2021, I believe, film Passing, based on the 1920-something. I didn't do my, <laughs> I didn't write down um, a lot of... Oh yeah, 1929. I did write down. 1929 <laughs> novel of the same name by Nella Larson. Um, and it's streaming on Netflix and it stars the one and only Tessa Thompson. We stand. We stand. And mm-hmm. Ruth Nega, except I think I think the pronunciation of her last name is actually like Nega because I was looking at her Wikipedia page and that's what the pronunciation is on there. But I don't know. Very fair. Yeah. Um, and it has Alexander Skarsgard as a horrible man. And, as usual. And <laughs> as usual. And um some other people. I don't know. It's mostly Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. Yeah. Um and it's directed by Rebecca Hall. Yes. Um, where she was in um Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman, which I didn't oh, quite recognize her from. I was like, I think I know her. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Vicky Cristina Barcelona and um oh. which I was just like, I I just expected her to be a director, but she's mostly an actor. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and of course Tessa Thompson from the um Thor films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> among, among other things. Yeah, dear white, dear white people. Yeah. Um, my wife would love if I said the Apollo Creed films because <laughs> he loves Rocky. <laughs> um cool. I didn't know that about her. I know. And then uh Ruth Nega uh in Agents of Shield weirdly enough another oh. <laughs> marvel um the bbc show misfits and oh my sister the... was obsessed with that show for a while yeah and the netflix i think show movie called loving oh um, yes the one about um interracial marriage in the u.s and yes supreme court case exactly yeah um and this film is set in the 1920s just like the book yeah flapper era sorry what i said flapper era very the fashions are amazing Mm -hmm. um in new york city and it follows the intertwined life of a black woman um who they say is tessa thompson Mm -hmm. and her white passing childhood friend played by ruth nega um and i love that it's shot in black and white yeah here i think it makes i don't know um i feel like it works on a couple levels like it works for the time period that it's set in i think it also maybe speaks to like the idea of black and white yeah (laughs) yeah um as like kind of these these poles in a way it's just like a total construction of racism but like black and white film isn't just black and white it's all shades of gray so yeah 
absolutely which is where these characters fall in between mm-hmm. um yeah i thought it was a, a very you know great stylistic choice um I'm just going to say it was Rebecca Hall's choice, but I don't know. It could be other people's. I think um, I read that it was Tessa Thompson's idea, but I'm not sure. Oh, cool. Yeah, because honestly, like it helps you. I mean, as you said, you see all shades of gray. It's not just black and white, but mm-hmm. it does help you kind of see how these characters could be passing in, mm-hmm. you know, ordinary life. and. um it kind of with the desaturation yeah it does like polarize the um you know the races more and more Mm. yeah I know part of me is like I don't feel all that equipped to talk about the idea or experience of passing like I know yeah like I don't know I think it, the whole idea of passing is a function of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting in this movie that the two women meet again after many years. They went to school together in like this fancy hotel tea room or whatever. They're like both trying to get out of the heat. It's really hot in New York City. Mm -hmm. And, um, Claire is Ruth Negga's character and Irene is Tessa Thompson's character. Claire is the one who's quote unquote passing married to a white man. Um, And she's the one who recognizes Irene. And at first Irene doesn't recognize her or at least she pretends not to. I think she actually doesn't. Um, And that's, that's what I understood as well. She's like, she's kind of like sussing out this woman that she sees in front of her who's like staring at her like what's going on yeah and then it all kind of comes together yeah and and the whole time Claire has this like she's really wanting to connect with black people again Mm -hmm. and like it kind of you kind of get a glimpse into her life with her husband Alexander Skarsgård the evil man (laughs) um he literally says he just spews the most racist shit like Mm -hmm. and yeah doesn't realize he's talking to a black person like when he's talking to Irene um and he says that he hates black people and also that he doesn't know any people but like he wouldn't want to and all this stuff and yeah and he calls his yeah wife um I guess nig mm-hmm. um short for you short guess. for the n-word yeah. yeah um and basically it's it's just so strange because like I guess he says she's getting darker and darker each year that he knows her yeah. and so he's like if you don't watch out blah 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 and he yeah. you know all this racist racist stuff mm-hmm. but he also like in the same breath is like oh I don't care how dark you get I know you're not black you know exactly. and it's just like what is what yeah. is this so what yeah. is it I don't know it's it just seems like the sleaziest power play but I think that scene in particular just like shows you how 
soul-sucking white supremacy is and I think that is a big reason why Claire is like I need to reconnect with this person and with mm-hmm. this community that because Irene is like she's kind of portrayed on the surface as a little bit the opposite where she is like involved in the I think it's called like the Negro Freedom League or something it's like a fictional yeah. version of NAACP um I think and she's like very much sort of like involved in her Harlem black community and doing a lot of fundraising and charity sort of along civil rights lines a little bit but then she herself is also like walking this line because she is light-skinned and her husband and her kids are darker-skinned and she like refuses to talk to them about racial trauma and like lynching in the south which is still happening Mm -hmm. and um the whereas her husband like is telling the boys like this is what's happening in our world and why we need to be careful as black men yeah and it's a really huge point of conflict for them so i think like that speaks to like the layered and complex ways in which whiteness and the ways in which white supremacy like infects people's lives just like in all these different ways that play out on all these different scales and sometimes it's really nuanced and sometimes it's not but yeah and even though she is this like chair of this organization she does try occasionally to pass and she does succeed Mm -hmm. um the beginning of the film is her shopping for her boys and in a toy store and then she goes into that tea room which is a segregated tea room yeah um and she's putting on you know white powder on her face and trying to um appear lighter as much as possible and it does work Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting how she is like toting you know one sign but trying to grab or grasp the rights of not rights I don't want to say that because of course she is supposed to have them too but the privileges I guess that Mm -hmm. other people the white people are getting that she isn't but she has you know privilege within her own community too as a light-skinned person in in that regard yeah and a wealthy person I mean she lives in a big house she has a maid um and I think it's interesting the ways in which these two women like become fascinated with each other for almost the same reasons but like different different points on the prism but like Mm -hmm. it's the same prism (laughs) (laughs) and there is one point where they're at a party um and Irene is talking to a white man about the idea of passing and he's sort of saying like oh you you know like pass one way or the other I can't remember exactly what he said but she's like do you really think a white person could pass for black and he's like oh I'd never thought of it that way and that just speaks to like yeah what passing means exactly like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I mean like it's a distortion of thought you know it's just it means 
it means so much and it means nothing all at the same time right like it means so much emotionally to the person who doesn't get the rights (laughs) but then it's also like oh it's like a manipulation of like face shape features shape skin and it's just like it's it's just ridiculous yeah um what did you think of the plot of this movie? It wasn't super plot heavy. No, it was like super dialogue driven, which I did like. Um, I thought it really fed into like the more I think of it, there are just like so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would I watched it and I was like, oh, this is like a really great film. Sometimes you know, like heavy handed, mm-hmm. but there was also like, you could take it at that face value, but then also there were, I just felt like there were so many layers that could be explained. Um, and so much so that like, I did, you know, like we usually do research on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of helped, like, helped me wrap my mind around stuff <laughs> that I was like, because I didn't really know what to think. It leaves yeah. it all very ambiguous, which um, which was I guess the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we usually kind of talk about this stuff at the end, but yeah. um. So basically, Rebecca Hall was saying that she doesn't want you or you know any audience member to walk out of there thinking they know exactly what happened and knowing exactly the truth of anything. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was like, yeah, yeah, that's how I feel. (laughs) And also not telling you what to think. Yeah. Which I also agree with. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's so many different ways to interpret what's happening. Yeah. Um, Including the fairness aspect of it. Exactly. So this is explicit. Yeah, you could say like, yeah, I wouldn't say it's explicit at all. No. But then at the same time, it's also like quite explicit in terms of a black female or black woman gaze. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I would say this is more of like that than like being explicitly queer. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely a lot of undertones, I guess, when um Tessa Thompson and um, Ruth Nega read the script. And they were like doing scenes together. Rebecca um, Hall, the director, was like, oh, do you guys feel like this is like sexualized or like there's some sort of tension? And they're both like, yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. There's tension between these sexual tension between these two characters. Yeah, I feel like they bring that out. I mean, it's also <laughs> like any good lesbian movie. There's a lot <laughs> of staring, a lot of facial expressions and looking at each other um and even though i wouldn't say that like it's really necessary or appropriate even to like use words like lesbian queer whatever like it's not really the Mm -hmm. point of this it's Mm -hmm. more just about like the attraction between the two and i think that exists on a lot of levels and maybe some of it is er erotic and some Mm -hmm. of it is not there's a fascination they have for each other that's kind of like fraught and I remember when I read the book, it was so long ago, but I remember thinking like, are they gay? Because <laughs> there is that in the book too. Um, yeah, there's several. Like at all, but just like, 
No, but there are several like instances of kind of like yearning or similarly like staring. (laughs) Um, From what I, I haven't read the book in full, but um, based on the passages I did see, it's like, oh yeah, you could definitely see the subtext within that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like lesbians equivocate yearning to like them. Yeah. <laughs> lesbians are yearning. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so it's like any yearning is inherently gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and just out of curiosity because I always do I look at like the personal life sections on everybody's wikipedia um I don't think anyone involved in this movie openly identifies as queer I know Tessa Thompson I think it was in 2018 she was like oh I'm attracted to both men and women but I don't use labels mm-hmm. um not that it matters it's just an, out of curiosity yeah. but um I did think it was interesting that I don't know if you read this but Rebecca Hall apparently um was on that show Finding Your Roots with uh Henry Louis Gates Jr. where they like do ancestry stuff oh yeah okay um and she found out that her grandfather was black and white passing Mm -hmm. and like she said that there was always sort of this like thing in her family like her mom kind of knew but wasn't didn't really know or didn't have a lot of answers and um and she found this out and then she said she read this book passing and it was like major for her and so I think that I don't know yeah yeah absolutely that like and I think that maybe that experience translates to how the movie was made because it is super nuanced and I think she did a really good job like everyone on this movie, I think did a great job. The actors were really good, and I think Rebecca Hall was a, probably a really good director for this. Yeah, yeah, because she has that, you know, personal mm-hmm. link, right? Yeah, I actually I read an NPR article that was similar. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and basically, I forget exactly what it was. Um, I guess she was explaining it to someone and they were like, hey, this book, <laughs> they like gave her passing. Oh, and it's like exactly what, exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and she said that after reading the novel, she realized that her maternal grandfather was white passing, as you said. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, she said, suddenly aspects of my family life that were tinged with so much mystery and obvious obfuscation, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, there was a reason for that because yeah. her mom didn't know. Mm. like her full racial I don't know however you want it it's not really like a percentage even though no that's not really how DNA works but um (laughs) uh, because her father just wouldn't discuss it he's like it's not I don't know we're something (laughs) maybe Native American yeah you know maybe black but and that's like it's whiteness that does all this that like makes Mm -hmm. it matter um what your like racial makeup is exactly and so I don't know yeah I mean so much hard to talk about and and even think about like yeah I I completely agree because so much relied on it that like I can't fault anyone for saying like oh it it doesn't really matter what I am we just happen to have you know blank skin or whatever like it doesn't because it never mattered to me or my ancestors so it's just kind yeah. of like I, I can't even imagine 
how awful that must be. And, and of course, like all that lost history as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and these people who don't, you know, know their family or, or not, not know their family, but like their ethnicity, their history, their lineage, whatever, if they're interested in that, that's also kind of, you know, depends on a culture. Some, some cultures don't care. So Yeah. yeah, it's true. But like, specifically in America and with Black Americans, like so much of that ancestry was deliberately erased. Absolutely. Um, So having to be the eraser is like even worse. (laughs) I can't necessarily fault someone for doing that, but it's just really sad Mm. that it happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what I found really interesting in this film is, yeah, you're set up with these like two women who are the opposites, right? They're They're not really that different. Yeah, exactly. And then the whole movie kind of just like has them, you know, uh, go through the gradient Mm -hmm. and go into the gray and kind of come out on slightly opposite ends. Um, at least in my opinion, like, um, um, in what way? So I would say that um, Claire's character, as you were saying, she is definitely feeling like depressed Yeah, with her life. She do- doesn't like really say it, but you can tell she's just yearning mm-hmm. for the Black community again, um, according to her husband, because she's getting darker, like she's not putting in you know, that effort to maintaining her passing it. I don't know. Maybe yeah. she is, but um, well, that's just, I, yeah, I don't know. That's just an assumption. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she just starts spending more and more time with the black community and the people that she grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um. So in that way, she kind of crosses over Maybe we don't really get a full picture because <laughs> her story is cut short. Yeah. Spoiler um, alert. Spoiler alert. And she dies. Tragic. She dies. <laughs> um, so it's just kind of like I could see that character maybe like leaving her husband at some point, but I don't know. I think that if. Well, it's hard to know too, right? Like, did she fall out of the window on purpose? Mm -hmm. Um, Did Irene push her purposely or accidentally? Mm -hmm. Did her husband push her? Like, you don't actually really know. Mm -hmm. And that's deliberate. Um, I think, like, maybe thematically, you could say, like, all of that is true. Yeah. Um, And I think, like... I think Irene is also like really dissatisfied with her life but in a different way sort of but not really (laughs) because it really is like how (laughs) I feel like I keep saying this but it's how like whiteness wedges into people's lives and like creates I guess I was gonna say despair maybe that's not quite the right word but just like creates all these Mm -hmm. um complications complications and I think like when you're thinking about community it's it's complicated because some 
community and like culture is sort of formed outside of whiteness and maybe even in opposition to it Mm -hmm. and when you're like inside that like white supremacist world like the husband it's like (laughs) it's like empty and so yeah and I think that that's like how whiteness harms people like where you are within or without it like it's just like it almost feels like an absence of anything good yeah for me like I can see that she's unhappy in the sense that like she has been taught by society to not be comfortable with her blackness and she's not but she's doing so much to I think to try to combat that and like Mm -hmm. help the community but then Irene or sorry Claire is reintroduced into her life and she starts to kind of question a lot of stuff like oh and I think she gets jealous because she's like oh well you know Claire's able to have all this stuff she looks beautiful she has you know a rich husband um not that Irene isn't well off but like in comparison like it's just you know it's just different um and I think she she does get jealous to a certain point. Um, and that jealousy, you know, grows as Claire becomes closer to her husband. And yeah. with Irene's husband. Sorry, Irene's husband, yes. Yeah. Um, and gets closer into the community that she so values as as like a leader, yeah. being a leader in the community and kind of being out shined yeah is really ticking her off mm-hmm. <laughs> um especially by someone who she at the beginning sort of has some contempt for because of the way she's actively trying to pass and like mm-hmm. because of her husband being awful <laughs> like and her just sort of like taking it yeah um, and not just taking it but participating in it in a way absolutely and- yeah, in the beginning, she's telling her husband, you know, all this stuff about Claire and what's going on. And, you know, essentially how she's questioning, like, how someone could even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet kind of like, is sort of. Yeah. And she's, thing. yeah, she's doing it, yeah. just not as much. And she didn't marry a white man. Mm. Um, and her husband says something interesting he says it's normal they always come back talking Mm -hmm. about people like uh claire who try to pass as white Mm -hmm. um and i'm not really sure like contextually what that means Mm -hmm. um or historically what that means but he's trying to kind of like calm her down Mm -hmm. um and she's very much um uh, sorry irene in the beginning is very much like i'm never seeing her again (laughs) and like Claire keeps writing her letters and Mm -hmm. they are going unanswered unopened and it's not until Claire shows up at Irene's doorstep that she's like okay I guess I need to confront this yeah um so I think Irene has so many conflicting feelings yeah about her race and the state of the world for black people Mm -hmm. And how that in America, all of it sort of like coalesces in this person, Mm -hmm. Claire. 
like yeah where she'd rather just like push her away Mm -hmm. and she doesn't have to think about it right (laughs) but unfortunately she comes around is like constantly reminded yeah of her place in this world because she does live in harlem so she's around you know black people all the time or i should say irene lives in harlem is around black people all the time so like she has her own like community where she doesn't i mean i'm sure they feel otherized there but it's just maybe sometimes easier when you're around community i say talking as like not in a racial way but like when i'm around like other gay people i feel a lot better yeah you know and i feel safer and that kind of stuff yeah um sometimes i wonder like what would the world be like if white supremacy was never a thing i don't know i feel like it's so (laughs) pervasive in so many ways and across the globe i don't know yeah and this kind of (laughs) yeah right this kind of opened my eyes to that where i was like oh this is like it's not just like you don't get this Mm -hmm. and this person gets that it's like it's it's so insidious mm-hmm. and so pervasive as you were saying and it's just it's intertwined in so many things that like having to un I think you know this our generation and the generation after us you know Gen Z is working on untangling those things mm-hmm. from each other but it's like <laughs> it's so incredibly difficult I can't yeah. even imagine it's gonna take a long time to- yeah um I did like the sass Irene gives, um, I forget the guy, Hugh or something. Mm -hmm. He's like this like poet or some sort of artist. He's a white guy. Um, yeah. The, the writer, the novelist who like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and she gives like so much sass to like the white people wanting to attend like the Negro league, um, events and stuff they're just like oh they just want to like kind of gawk and like be yeah. be with the black people yeah so just like she oh says they want to they want to witness greatness and so to where the black people are <laughs> and they want to be wrong. inspired yeah. you know stuff like that and I'm just like oh my god that's so fucking true and yeah. honestly like I see it a lot today oh, like yeah. I, I see it so much I, and I'm just like yeah, so much of culture is just like black people in that <laughs> <laughs> absolutely um but claire comes to one of those events and you know she's around mostly black people and she's like so happy and she loves being around black culture again um and this is like the one of the most like i guess overtly gay things that happens in the film is like Claire is kind of standing in front of Irene who's sitting down and she like gazes at her back um which is and she's wearing like a backless dress Mm -hmm. and they like hold hands for a second and there's just a lot of staring as you were saying so yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's yeah that's probably the the gayest moment (laughs) um what do you think about the relationship between Brian, um, Irene's husband, and Claire. What do you think was going on there? Honestly, like a lot of this movie, like I feel unsure. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. Yeah, like there's a couple ways to go about it. Basically, it's like insinuating that they were having an affair. Um, Or just like attracted to each other in a way that like could be affair-like yeah like emotionally or not right yeah I wasn't I wasn't quite sure I think I don't think it was sexual um I don't think so not like explicit but I do think Claire was just like so infatuated with like Irene's life having married a black man yeah and was like oh I wonder what that's like and it was kind of like she was kind of pretending to be her I think that that's what I got from it yeah, maybe they were both sort of trying to pretend to be each other in a mm-hmm. way, but like it was always only pretend all of it <laughs> mm-hmm. in, a, in a way. Like it was also, yeah. real, but it was also pretend kind of like everything in life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah. And another part that I thought was really interesting that we haven't touched upon was that uh, Irene's husband wants to leave the United States completely. Yes. Um, somewhere else yeah he wants to go to I think like South America maybe Europe um to like just be around more black people where the that inherent white supremacy like isn't or it's not as inherent um somewhere else as it is in the United States yeah because it's a special brand of like horrible here because of our history And I think, like, a lot of people, especially at that time, and even, like, a little later, like, James Baldwin's time, like, Mm -hmm. he went to Paris for a long time. And, yeah, I think a lot of, like, Black people who had the means kind of left and lived other places. um, Yeah. And they definitely do have the means. He's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, obviously, he doesn't make as much as a white doctor, but within the black community they are doing well Mm -hmm. um in comparison to most um as you were saying earlier like she has a maid and a cook basically Mm -hmm. um which i found a lot of um tension between them as well yeah there was um between them because she treated her kind of like in a like the way it made me think of like upstairs downstairs like down yes or something like the way royalty would like treat their servants or whatever where it's like you're nice to them but you're also like very demanding of them to like do exactly <laughs> what you say all the time yeah and it seems to have gotten at least my understanding and my assumption is that like it got worse when claire yeah. started coming around because claire not, like... didn't treat um I'm totally blanking on her name. It begins with a Z. Um, I think it was, I think it was just Zoo. They called Zoo. her Zoo. Okay. Yeah. Um, the the maid slash cook, um, housekeeper, however you want to call it. Um, our, our Claire kind of treats her more like an equal and yeah. is just kind of like shooting the shit with her outside and is mm-hmm. just like, you know, talking about whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Irene always comes in and is like, hey, I told you to do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, it just doesn't sit right. Yeah. Um, and there is that kind of socioeconomic divide that's happening there, um, which we know is also linked to race. So, yeah. 
I also think it's interesting, and I'm not really sure what to say about this other than the fact that I observed it, is like, there were a couple of times where quote-unquote Indians were mentioned. So like, um, Claire plays Cowboys and Indians with um, with Irene's kids, and mm-hmm. she was the Indian, and she like got captured or whatever. And then later when she's sitting outside with Zoo and they're just talking, Zoo is like, this is what they call Indian summer. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's interesting that those little lines were in there because a lot of the bigger context for this whole story is like American history of racism and white supremacy. And that's very tied in, obviously, with colonialism and imperialism and and indigenous genocide, <laughs> which mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it other than the fact that it was like there and I, I noticed. Yeah, it's like a nod, right? And yeah. there's another time where I wonder if oh no, never mind. I thought at one point Claire says that, oh, what would it be if I were one or two percent black or and I think she says or Native American, but I or Indian, oh. but I might be wrong. I don't remember, but that's totally possible what she said. Um but it was like to her husband basically um but yeah I yeah I don't I think it's part of like the layered conversation right where it's like yes we're talking about this divide this racial divide and but it was also based on and like built upon this other you know struggle when colonists came in yeah right and like the characters aren't questioning that in the movie Mm -hmm. because it's not I don't know it just seems like that's not a thing they're thinking about as like a like a sister struggle or something like I don't know if that's maybe bad phrasing but just like something that's part of their same struggle yeah 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 I get what you're saying yeah it's you know they're talking about this group of people in the I guess in the way that like most people of that time mm-hmm. would also discuss exactly. them. Yeah. Exactly. That group of people. Yeah. Um, and that's white supremacy at work once more. Yeah. Did you ever hear that phrase Indian summer when you were a kid? Oh yeah. All the time. Okay. I was like, I'm not sure if it's like an East coast thing. Cause I it heard it. Be, Cause I also grew up on the East coast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I was like, I heard it on the East coast. I've never heard anyone out here say it. So I, I thought either, but I it's I haven't lived here as long like I wasn't a kid here so I don't know. Exactly. So it's one of those things where I probably came in when I moved here to the West Coast as an adult that people were like, yeah, that's not the most PC thing to say. Like <laughs> probably shouldn't say that. So people have probably changed um that, but I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's interesting. I was like, is that an East Coast thing? Is yeah. I don't remember. I remember my parents saying it a lot. Oh yeah. I just, yeah, I remember it being a very common thing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you yeah. have anything else to um, discuss? Um, not really. I would say that I wasn't really sure what to expect with this movie, but I really enjoyed it. And I agree. I, I really like the ambiguity and the nuance and how much it leaves up to like the individual viewer and the book was like that too and 
Mm-hmm. So it's very true to the book in that sense. Um, yeah, I think it really made me reflect. <laughs> and also it was like beautifully shot and Tessa Thompson's a babe. <laughs> that's what, and all what this was about. But, yeah. <laughs> babes on babes on babes. Babes on babes. It's so um, for that matter, but. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's it's one of those things where I I didn't really know what I was expecting, except for maybe I thought I was expecting a little something a little bit more explicitly gay because I did find this on like a gay film list oh, or whatever. Yeah. I um, think I knew it was not going to be that gay because I read the book. Oh okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was still like very pleasantly surprised, and it's you know as the days go on, it's something that's like. It's like seeping in more and more. Yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, you question <laughs> more and more about your life. Like, oh man, like, yeah, I wonder what a world that wasn't or a country, not really a world that yeah. wasn't based on, you know, a lot of it based on white supremacy, what that would look like. Yeah. Um one of the things um I saw Ruth Nega say in the LA Times that um she says the connection between Irene and Claire is charged. The film luxuriates in the tension as the women observe each other, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was the gayest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> and also really the crux of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, there was something else in this um, auto straddle article by Carmen Phillips that I read that I really enjoyed. Um. And essentially, before this quote, um, the author's talking about how there's so many period pieces that just didn't fit, (laughs) like didn't sit right with her Mm -hmm. um, as someone who's not a white person, but identifies maybe within the lesbian sphere. sphere. Mm -hmm. Um, She says sometimes, or sorry, but sometimes it really is about the small things. Time and again, Irene gazes upon the profile of Claire's face, not breaking eye contact. Feeling heat, Claire looks up. Irene sharply inhales, blushes, and looks away. And every single time, I finally understand why white lesbians love Carol so much. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I was like, that's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because I feel that way whenever I watch Carol, like it never gets old for me that like this absolute longing and like observing each other and how hard that was during that time period Mm -hmm. and those were like obviously white women (laughs) never mind like this additional layer put onto it that like of race like and so I think it's it is extremely powerful yeah yeah so uh, yeah I really enjoyed it I would recommend it um not something if you're looking for anything super explicit but if you really want to think mm-hmm. oh yeah <laughs> yeah it's a very lush movie too i feel like in a way like there's a lot of opulence with yeah. the costumes and the scenery like new york city in the 20s type of thing yeah absolutely um they always say like New York City is a character in and of itself. It always um, is. Yeah. But, and I do, I do see that within this film, but also it's just like, 
so beautifully shot and I I don't know what kind of film they use, but it does remind me of Carol in the sense that it like it has this kind of like grainy quality. Yeah. Um that almost looks like a photograph and it was just like chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah. Um yes. yeah. Awesome. Uh, so let us know what you think. Uh you can email us at galpalswatch at gmail.com. <laughs> and we're on Instagram at galpalswatch. Wahoo! And we got rid of Twitter. Bye. Yes, bye. <laughs> Elon can go down with his own terrible ship. Absolutely. Please and down me a lot. But until then, something else can go down. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> In a gay way. <laughs>